0: Welcome, everyone, to another great episode of the Do Better Dev Show. I am here with the leading DevOps engineer (laughs) of of this amazing Archera. Oh no, Nathan Calvang. how you doing, Nathan?
1: That is uh, all incorrect.
0: Oh, Uh, which is not
1: a great start to the great episode, but I Mm -hmm. heard it's going to be a good one, so I guess I'll stick around.
0: Yeah, I'm just gonna manifesting this into reality. I see. Yeah.
1: So I tried to watch a show called Manifest. Mm. Uh, premise is good show everything else about the show not great oh Uh, so if you want to like give you something to think about for a bit maybe just watch the pilot and then call it a day
0: Mm. so that's not your wholesome recommendation then no okay no
1: no no i haven't gotten to that yet i just you said you were going to manifest it and i wanted to change the subject from Manifesting things.
0: To <laughs> <laughs> manifesting not watching manifest.
1: Yeah, that's just advice. Okay, that's just good advice.
0: I don't know. I'm gonna have to watch, find out if it's good advice or not. Yeah, you be the judge. Yeah, I have some you know sometimes you have to make the mistake to know the mistake was a mistake. Mm-hmm. So that's how you got it.
1: Yeah. Uh. Was that trust but verify?
0: Trust but verify. That's how everything should work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There you go. Two pieces of practical advice right off the bat. What yeah. what an episode.
0: What an episode this is I think we're now in the health and lifestyle category Uh-oh. instead of tech.
1: Uh-oh.
0: Yeah, we've been giving people life advice and TV shows.
1: Watch so. out. Watch out, Gary Vee.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hustle! M-Word? <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. I don't want to fully, fully swear just yet. Uh but speaking of M-Word. Uh-huh. Um how's your
1: week been? <laughs> <laughs> right, I describe all my weeks in that way. Uh my week my week was good. Uh it's only Tuesday. Mm. So, you know, uh a er, little bit of data to go off of. Suggests... How's your
0: week been since we recorded? Uh-huh. There you go. Uh,
1: okay, so yeah, if we go back further, mm-hmm. get more data. Mm. It's been good. Wow. Yeah. I, I, so one of, the, one of the things I had on my list of things I've done in the last week, or I guess two weeks, hmm. is I make a shepherd's pie, uh, which I hadn't done before. Uh, so <laughs> the plan was for my girlfriend and I to cook it together, but then she was busy. So I just made the shepherd's pie. But I couldn't find Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. Worst, Worcestershire <laughs> sauce. Yeah, I couldn't find it at the grocery store. I I didn't know where to look. I didn't think ahead of time to look up like what I'd be looking for. Mm. I just had a list of ingredients that I needed. And I'd never bought this before. So I just went to like every row in the grocery store that had sauce and just looked for something that was called that. I found all sorts of sauces, like fish sauces and soy sauces and Thai sauces, but uh, not that. So anyway, we ended up having kind of a bland shepherd's pie, which is right on brand for my food. Mm. So that was fine by me, and then I just ate the whole thing. So I guess jumping into something that was uh, that was cool and fun. That was it. Mm. I, I ate a bunch of a shepherd's pie that I made. <laughs> uh, Cause no one
0: did the did the girlfriend not wanna <laughs> she had some. partake? She okay. had some.
1: Okay. Okay. And uh, she tried to convince me that it was it was acceptable, but mm-hmm. uh, I I guess I'll just roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and try to do better next time. Uh, but the reason I ate so much shepherd's pie was because I was extra hungry. Because mm. the gyms are open again, so I'm actually working up an appetite. So that's been cool thing that probably was on your list as well
0: yeah it is so nice to like eat again right You know, having a appetite and hunger
1: i'm feeling tired at the end of the day dude i basically lost my entire appetite Mm -hmm. for the last two weeks um, because the gyms were closed for a month it took about two weeks to adjust and i was just like it's three o'clock and i've had uh, four pieces of chocolate this is not good so i had to get in the habit of actually eating food when i wasn't that hungry but now you go do a bunch of squats and deadlifts and you're just hungry. Yeah. So anyway, that's been great. But bringing it back to what the show is all about. Mm-hmm. It is the Rocket League <laughs> <Nice>. dev show. <laughs> the do better Rocket League show. So the Lagos RLCS regional has mm-hmm. started. Uh, they did North America's already. This past weekend was EU, but I haven't actually finished watching it yet so i don't know who won uh but it's fun i like having it on i usually put it on while i play and uh just dual screen rocket league so it's just you know rocket league straight in the veins and uh it's yeah exactly it's been good uh so enjoyed that um they had just come off the off season prior to the previous regional so there was like three months or four months or something where i didn't have any rocket league I don't wow. even know how I podcasted.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I don't know how you lived.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Mm. Um, since I can't talk about getting better at the game anymore because I seem mm-hmm. to not be able to. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, I'm just going to talk about the actual events.
0: Nice.
1: And then for an interesting thing, this one doesn't count as cool because I have about five minutes. Of, speaking of very little data, I have like okay. five minutes of data to go off of here. Okay. right before this i was playing craftopia and it's interesting (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm very drawn in by it Mm. but i have no idea if it's going to be good i'm just optimistic that it will be good Mm. and the only concern i have currently is that it might be completely unplayable on my xbox one which is very old at this point and was surely Not meant to play a pre release of a poorly optimized game on Xbox for that was made clearly made for PC. So frame rates were dropping, switching between menu items took quite a long time, and the load screens were a good four or five minutes. Yeah, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah,
0: but you can punch trees real quick.
1: You can punch trees, you can punch a bunch of stuff. I just ran around punching stuff, jumping. Mm. Animation style is cool. So I was a big fan. But it's just interesting because I can't recommend it yet. Because I don't actually know. Mm. And my wholesome recommendation. I, My attention was drawn because I have various people sending me penguin videos all the time on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, the Oregon Zoo posts videos on instagram of various animals including penguins which they'll take on walks Mm. and so they just there's this one video of penguins just going for like a hike and they're just walking through the forest just looking at flowers and carrying things around and just enjoying the 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 walk in the woods wow it's about as wholesome as it gets Mm. oh that's something I, i didn't put on my list but i went to the aquarium Oh, yeah. And I saw penguins in real life. IRL, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned that uh, my girlfriend's like three or four inches taller than an emperor penguin. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good thing to have. Yeah, yeah. so now now next time somebody asks me how tall she is, I can say that. Yeah. Easy.
0: You can just feel like she's an emperor penguin on stilettos. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because everyone will know what that means. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they yeah. should.
1: Yeah, feet, meter, n- no.
0: No, no, no. You're, you're in North America uh, and very close to actual America. So we use anything but the actual systems to describe things. Yeah.
1: Metric, imperial, no, no, no emperor.
0: Emperor, yeah. who <laughs> <laughs> is
1: the emperor method.
0: Yeah. How long is something? I There was a time when guys were comparing certain things to can of Cokes, hmm. you know? So a- any actual measurements are irrelevant.
1: Yeah. Yeah, North America doesn't need them. That said, there are other places in the world that literally use like a metric called stone. I don't even remember what that means, like what that translates to, but if someone weighs a certain amount of stone, huh. it's heavy. I just know that there's a really low number. Mm. <laughs> so whatever the unit is, it's quite a lot. Um, but yeah. Damn. I don't feel quite so bad about our situation of mixing metric and imperial and... Measuring distances in time instead of actual distances. When people are measuring things in stone. That's true. Hopefully this doesn't affect our international listenership, because that's, that's all true. we have.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you guys weigh in stones,
1: you know, educate us. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We love, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, tell us via a five star review on iTunes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's that's what that'll show us. That's how
1: we get our attention. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Or do better, Dev show Dev Dot. No, Dev show at do Dash Better Club. Whoa. Yeah, it's been so long because no one emails us. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Well, what about you? What have you got from the um, past fortnight?
0: Well, everyone on the top gyms are open. Heck yeah! I it's it's important enough that it needs to be emphasized again. Yes. Um. Yeah. Finally, finally, our government was just like, hey, yeah, everything also remains closed. Just we like we decided before, but turns out everyone wants gyms open. So we'll leave those open and say, like, yeah, thank you. We all want to live and feel good and healthy and not, yeah, be sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been great. And this is not a do better political show, so I will not get into it too much. <laughs> but I'm just, just happy. Just happy having a routine again, waking up in the morning and being like, hmm, I got to do something with my morning instead of just work or get out of bed. Those two tasks are very important, hard. <laughs> uh <laughs> and uh, then another thing that's super happy is we finished halo reach oh yeah because that game took forever it's a very short game we learned after the fact but it took forever (laughs) because engagement rate was like the engagement rate on this podcast like not it was lower than that it was was lower than yeah yeah
1: there was two people and neither of them were engaged exactly (laughs) and both
0: of them play video games quite constantly and yeah the story just didn't draw us in we didn't know who the characters were if they mattered if we should have been attached to anyone if there were like actual transition between areas no and then the final uh, final mission says survive but the whole point is to die right and it just yeah but it's over now and now we're playing the actual Halo that became super duper famous. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to grinding through that.
1: Yeah, it turns out there's two Master Chiefs if there are two of you. The true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're just we're just uh, rewriting history here.
0: Yeah. Wonder how much split screen they support. Wonder if you can just do it more.
1: Well, I I, I've, I used to play Halo at a friend's place, and it was four like four screen. Mm. So. I so you hypothetically want, you could have four master chiefs
0: you want us to believe that not only did you have a friend you could play games with you had three of them
1: this is far-fetched i know <laughs> and i'll explain uh they had family members i see I yes see. okay
0: forced <laughs> forced friendships correct which is what family is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> having families tight um all right and then a good and bad so nathan told me i should mention this because there might be an assumption that i just hate ruby correct um which i do for the most part
1: i was going to say the assumption comes from the fact (laughs) that you've complained exclusively about Ruby, <laughs> except for that one time you said that there was a good templating language.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So today I'm going to shit on the templating language. Actually. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so far I've, I've loved their ERB template generation because it's cool and you, you just write actual code and you mix in whatever in there and it's fine. It just spits out the static thing you want. The problem is it doesn't support catching exceptions. So the, the idea or the actual, um, pattern would be you catch all the exceptions, whatever you need in the data source, and mm-hmm. then you push the data to the template and the template just renders. Right. I agree in a normal scenario, but the constraints I have currently is my data source is a bunch of JSON that gets interpreted by a middle library, which throws exceptions if it can't find something. And I needed to catch those exceptions so my template doesn't blow up Um, and I couldn't. And (laughs) so I had to like extremely fine tune my loops. Uh, The input data needed to be way more filtered and uh, I just hated it. It just didn't have any friendly way for me to figure that out. And if you are letting someone type whatever Ruby code they want without any real require statements or imports or whatever, You should also let them just catch exceptions. Just maybe it's not a good principle architectural thing, but it should be a language supported feature. If they're like, you can write Ruby in here. Um, anyways, I was very mad and I didn't like it and I still don't. And that's why template generation sucks. And I will tell you more of how, how it generates, uh, it's very finicky about spacing. So, if you want a readable code in your template or you want the output to look properly formatted, you have to choose one. You can't have both. You can either have a readable source file or a readable output file, Uh, especially if it's like an actual language page. So, right now I'm trying to generate like TypeScript pages and that's causing problems. If it was JSON, it might have looked cleaner. Mm -hmm. If it was a TOML file, maybe it would have been cleaner. I don't know. Right. TOML's the future, right? I just, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like it over YAML. I'll take Toml over YAML. I'll take any formatting language over YAML any day. Ooh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a hot take.
0: Yeah, because I don't want my data set to break because I mistabbed something. Right. That's just insanely stupid. <laughs> I'll take JSON. I'll type my million brackets. I'll serialize it. I'll send it over the internet. It works. It's good. Toml, sure. But it makes sense. It's like parent key, key, key. It's got the dot notation. It's clean. It's good. YAML is just like, oh, and that's what I view YAML as. Um,
1: so just you just view it as someone's mumbling the yeah. YAML. The YAML guy, just doesn't make sense. Yeah,
0: it's like when YAML shows up and if there were subtitles, it would just say unintelligible noises or something. I see. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. But that's... Not good in Ruby anymore. Right. I will still give kudos to how Ruby does the retry mechanism. It's the guts got that built in. Still Wait. still good. 10 out of 10 loop iterations. So good. You can just be like, object.each do this thing. Uh, which, you know, sometimes also what Ray and JavaScript does, which is fine. There's just a lot less brackets and it just works. And mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's been my frustrating thing this week.
1: So, as another piece of advice, mm. sounds like everybody at home should make sure that their uh, development environment includes a YAML validation plugin. Yeah. Because if you're going to push YAML code up and Yan's going to have to debug it because mm-hmm. it doesn't work, you should probably make sure it's not because you have indentation errors in your YAML file.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, the only thing YAML lint should just say is don't use YAML. That's...
1: It's just one YAML rule. Yeah.
0: Because the YAML file I looked at that I debugged whatever weeks ago, yeah. it passed YAML linting. It just didn't have the right parent to child structure.
1: I'm just imagining a YAML plugin, which on save converts it to JSON. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So much better, so much better. And then it runs JSON lint on it. Right. Much better. Because then you can be like, oh, this doesn't belong in this parent because the braces clearly says that.
1: Yeah. Well, even prettier. Prettier will run against JSON files as well. Mm -hmm. So you can get auto like prettifying or beautifying. Yeah. It's good stuff.
0: And then when it's prettified and indented, then you can very clearly see if it's something doesn't belong. Right. As opposed to YAML. And if you're using YAML, don't use two spaces. Minimum of four. What are you reading? How wide is not your monitor? Are you just like typing from phone?
1: (laughs) Yeah. They're they're using a terminal. They live in like 1988.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, this episode just became all about YAML hate. Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're just filling the gap before we have to admit we don't know what virtualization is. That's
0: true. That's true. But what we do know is YAML is garbage. No one
1: should use it. hey we used to work with a guy he's like it was the future no curly braces
0: that's true just your internet whatever data you send over the internet, just tab delimited all the way yeah yeah as much as i loved him still do uh no (laughs) (laughs) no he shall remain unnamed maybe he'll be a guest one day and then he can he can maybe sell us on. he can defend himself yeah yeah but until then no all our 17 listeners find out never use yaml
1: yeah and that's a data-backed claim as well we found out 17 yeah. listeners <laughs> yeah yeah most a current estimate a current <laughs>
0: estimate yeah yeah for all we know there's more yeah who knows who knows the 17 world. and a
1: half the internet's a big place
0: yeah that's where ultron disappeared too
1: yeah and most ai's it turns out
0: that's true yeah we could be ai for all you guys know or for all our 17 listeners they could be ai who knows
1: they're probably all bots, yeah. Yeah. Well, 15 of them because I, I know a couple people that to <laughs> and I was one of those. It's true. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. And then the final frustration thing I want to mention is if you're coding and using a multilingual stack, just stick to one. Just, just if you're trying to use Ruby code to generate TypeScript code while inputting some Java-generated JavaScript objects, just don't. Just tell your manager it's not a good thing to do find a different person to do it Switch so jobs i don't know um because i just did it this week and i hate it uh but now it's done i think for the most part and i don't have to think about
1: it and if you too are doing something like this and can't decide if you should leave your job listen to our episode yeah should you leave your job
0: <laughs> yeah there's a whole series <laughs> yeah it's and like- if you do decide to there's a whole bunch on interview series in prep
1: that's right <laughs> we're just a wealth of knowledge or at least opinions and thoughts
0: that's what knowledge
1: is you take it back to opinions <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 cool all right well uh enough about yaml that's true because <laughs> it haggits it's time in the sun yeah uh, what is virtualization again
0: um well it's not yaml for starters because it's no? actually good
1: Okay. All right. I'm on board.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Virtualization is based before I even define, I want to emphasize how important it was. Okay. Virtualization basically enabled us to make what cloud is. Virtualization came in and was just like, "Yo, yo, yo, all of you making all these physical hardware and trying to like work through it. This is inefficient. This none of, none of this is good. You know what we're gonna do we're gonna give you another os on top of whatever os you have and we're gonna give you everything you need to make sure you don't buy keep buying new machines you can have one big machine and do whatever you want
1: because everything we do is big
0: it, every, yeah <laughs> we the, exactly. be, we we the, the
1: best <laughs> boxes
0: yeah and uh, and yeah and it basically scaled up enough where people were just like Hey, we could be allowing people to access these over the internet instead of whatever, just one machine. And then they were like, Hey, that's kind of cool. What if we made a million of these? And I was like, Whoa, whoa, that's a great, what a genius idea. And that's what basically like led cloud up. And it's, it's just insane. Insane to think of someone probably like a hobbyist was just like, wouldn't it be cool if I could run two computers on one computer? And now there's millions, probably billions, if not trillions, of virtualized environments running all over the internet. Uh, at minimum, uh, yeah, yeah. So with that, with that lead-in, uh, virtualization, in the most bare minimum terms, it is turning something that should be, that is generally a hardware, a physical component, into a virtual one. That's, that's all I, that's all I got for the definition.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: so you got, you got all sorts of virtualization, you got hardware virtualization, uh, where whatever machine you have thinks, oh, I got CPUs. I got two CPUs when the machine it's running on might have 24 or something. Uh, and I'm sure everyone's seen that term kicked in around vCPU by now. Uh, because OSS and software is getting smart and it's like, yeah, we probably don't have access to the actual thing, do we? And they're like, No, nah, it's all vCPU. And I'm like, cool, 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 we know, we understand. We have our own little space. Um, <laughs> which is interesting to me how everyone just jumped on board with the whole thing of vCPU, but no one does vMemory. Everyone's just like, oh, memory is still a shared space. It always has been kind of thing. But with CPU, they're like, oh, no, no, we got to, because of threads and how our processes are distributed, it's not an actual CPU, it's a virtual CPU, whereas with memory, even though you get just the actual chunk of the memory, it's a similar principle, but I don't know why no one came in and was like, V-memory? Uh,
1: I think I've seen VRAM, right? Have you? I think so. Okay. I, 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 I'm an idiot, though, so we'll go. Do... I should probably not make big claims about this VRAM. Into Google. Oh, mm. I spelled. If I could. <laughs> oh, that's just video RAM. Oh. Apparently, according to what does VRAM mean? Yeah, video random access memory. So it's cool. not virtualized. <laughs> All right, cool. Um... I have heard of it, and it was unrelated. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It exists, and it's not relevant. <laughs> Apparently. But that's cool to know because I always forget about that. Um, But yeah, so that exists. Um, We have like host virtualization where you can virtualize a complete operating system. You have a virtual running Windows, uh, which again, I'm just like, is a normal Windows also virtual, just doesn't make much sense. It's just weird terminologies and the way things have been described, but it is what it is.
1: This is the part about virtualization where my brain starts to melt. Ah, and, and i start going um what how do i put this into actual english that someone understands mm. because once i get to the edges i realize i just don't understand it mm. it's coming it's okay coming. i right.
0: got great. i got a stack way of sort of explaining it oh we'll see if it works great
1: because i read a book one time about how computer works mm. and now i know
0: oh cool Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more more we learn about computers the more we learn how it, it shouldn't... None of it should work.
1: Yeah, it's all but. black magic and, and duct tape. Yeah. And good luck. Good
0: Basically, yeah. Some little open source library holding up the internet. Yeah. I'm sure everyone knows about the lock 4G nonsense now.
1: And left pad from years back. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oof. Uh, yeah. And then so another virtualizing things, storage. Storage is a big one. None of the storage you see on the cloud is actually direct storage, it's all virtualized. pretty much every single storage you'll ever encounter unless it's your actual hard drive at home will be virtualized. you can be sure of that because there's so much backup data redundancy and layers between hard drives now that you never have direct access. It's always virtualized storage. Uh, which is cool and I guess it's all cool. it's internet, it's computers. I'm just gonna stick with it, it's cool. Uh, And the network, Uh, there's, I'm sure other types, but these four are the big ones that everyone interacts with on a daily basis or people who (laughs) are in the field (laughs) interact with it on a daily basis. And the final one being just network virtualization. Your computer will have whatever virtualization layer, which will have its own, which will have its own. And they'll all have their little subnets starting from weird IPs and they all just know how to talk to each other. All this running on this one physical network card on your computer. It's crazy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Crazy. People were just like, this is not good enough. We have one hardware. Let's make copies of it.
1: We'll see, because the thing, you can't just spawn more hardware. But if you can make mm-hmm. it virtual, then you can. Wow. Yeah.
0: That is so true.
1: So that's why it exists.
0: Yeah. It solves crazy. a very crucial need of we can't just make more things.
1: Yeah, not immediately
0: yeah not at the whatever stupid speed we're all growing the internet out to be yes yeah all those cat videos ain't gonna ain't gonna (laughs) get a host
1: themselves (laughs) each cat does not get its own box yeah
0: (laughs) yeah they get their own v memory uh but but yeah that's been like the the high level of what virtualization is what common places you see it at any any Comments, questions, concerns.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just laughing at my stroking her joke. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Data is both hosted and not hosted until you check the machine. Until you check the machine, yeah. <laughs> <Is> it,
1: <laughs> I, no, I don't have any specific questions. Um, mm-hmm. It was a good explanation, but... I still would struggle to really define what it is other than what it does what it does i get
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but what it is when it's like does your you know it's less common now but it used to be like i had a 2009 macbook pro Mm. and i couldn't run docker on it because it didn't support virtualization yeah i just don't really know Mm. what that means because it sounds like it'd be a software thing but it's got to be both software and hardware
0: yeah all right. So great, great point.
1: Hey, um, I make those sometimes, <laughs> mostly when I'm confused.
0: <laughs> and that makes sense. So one of the big ones I'll add or like overarching disclaimers, um, that everyone should just be comfortable by with this point that we've also said, it's all black magic, man. It's just, uh, there's too many layers in all layers of computers. Uh, but what I will touch on is um, what some of these layers are, how they interact with hardware versus software, and what, how we can use certain things, and like the big question of how does Docker fit it in all of this? What exactly is virtualization and how it's leveraged? Uh, so what so let's focus on just virtualization heck yeah um and so all it happens is by this magic thing called the hypervisor and it's not a super cool sunglass company as you would think Mm. uh but it is well then i don't want it that's true i don't don't either but you just gotta
1: okay fine if it gets me virtualization (laughs) i'll
0: use it you you gotta uh I don't know if you ever did it, but in like the old school Windows ways, when you uh, were using VirtualBox, yes. uh, you had to go and turn on this like setting in your like whatever options and then you reboot the computer. Yes. Yeah, so that was telling the hypervisor, hey, I kind of want to share my resources. Mm. So the, the way it works is The just think of hypervisor as this like magical layer that allows you to share resource, the physical hardware resources on your computer within other, other operating systems on your computer.
1: Yep. That makes sense.
0: Okay. So what it does is, so I'll loosely use this term where it's not completely correct, but hypervisor is sort of like, the equivalent of a kernel. I hate saying that. So I'm just going to take that back. It just, it's just, it's just not correct. Um, But, but hypervisor is very much just in charge of sharing resources. Kernel does a lot more things and kernel runs right between like the operating system and the hardware. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it takes care of like the boot system and everything. But all hypervisor does is, Hey, this OS is running. Uh, certain things might want resources so i am here to share it and that's where hypervisor is super important for virtualization and the way virtualizations these virtual boxes or i think vmware or some of these other uh older technologies uh i guess they're still new uh that that work or they're still persist they're not new but they're still older and persisting uh is the big difference is when you run like VirtualBox, you are spinning up a complete operating system end to end from scratch on your computer. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot more resource intensive. Each one of those little OSs have their own little kernels who are only ever off the CPU and memory given to them by the hypervisor. So they have no real concept of like virtual CPU or RAM because for all they know is this is what we have. So you can, not and the cool thing about those is depending on how much abstraction your actual hardware supports, you can go into one of those virtual layers or one of those OSs and install um, virtual box and run OS in it. And it'll have its own complete layer of operating system and kernel completely detached from the host. but now, instead of getting its resources from the actual physical machine, it's getting it from the virtual box because for it, that's the physical machine. It's like the most recursively nonsensical way of spinning VMs if you so desired. Uh, but you can because they're completely isolated, they have their own thing, and the only role the hypervisor has to play is allocate the uh, system between them.
1: That's very clear. Okay, cool. Um, and then, it probably helps like I've worked with it, but yeah. I still think that was a good explanation. Yes. Yeah.
0: I also have a really cool analogy after I explained what Docker Uh-oh. is to explain the the two, which okay. will make it more clear, hopefully. Okay. Um, and so now the big thing comes for Docker. You know, everyone's just like, hey, Docker is here to kill hypervisor or it's to replace hypervisor. It's not. That's not how it works. Um, I hate that term, and I've seen that used too many places as well. um,
1: you heard it here first Docker is going to kill hypervisor. <laughs> God damn it
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's ending it. No one needs VirtualBox anymore, no one needs vmware uh everyone just just do docker
1: yeah, don't even buy a computer. yeah, just, just use <laughs>
0: docker <laughs> yeah. virtually is your everything
1: yeah, spin up a virtual machine on the cloud in docker. whoa and you're good yeah what else do you need nothing not- raspberry pi to connect a keyboard
0: you already got a hardware now
1: oh i was being greedy <laughs> <laughs> chromecast Correct. that's also hard. damn it <laughs> you, you can't escape it you can't escape the physical world yeah yeah not quite yet yeah
0: just gotta wait till the musk can put a chip in your brain
1: Mm-hmm. then you're good yeah your brain's now but has a virtualized layer yeah and you just communicate directly with the cloud. Mm-hmm.
0: Or you just think you're actually looking at a computer, but you're just not. You're
1: just, you're, yeah, you don't know what's going on. You're just drooling <laughs> on your couch.
0: See <laughs> <laughs> freaking uh. All
1: right, so anyway, Docker's not here to kill Hypervisor. Yeah. Why is that?
0: All right, so the way I explained it so far, let's look at the stack view again for virtualization. For okay. Hypervisor and VirtualBox mm-hmm. is at the very bottom we have hardware right above the hardware, we have OS. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna completely ignore the kernel between the OS and hardware because it's irrelevant for the current discussion. Good. So hardware, OS, then on top of OS, we have the hypervisor. Yeah. And then on top of the hypervisor, we have our virtual box. Yes. And that that virtual box has a little OS and application code and everything on it. Yeah. The way Docker works is you have hardware, Mm -hmm. OS on top of it, and on top of it is applications running alongside Docker. So Docker is just another application Mm -hmm. and then all the Docker containers running are just virtualized little environments and they're all running on the same OS. The only thing they share is the kernel space. So instead of a hypervisor saying this is your allocated, whatever uh, memory that you need for this virtualized environment, um, the Docker just goes to the kernel and says, Hey, I'm just gonna like run a little program. Can you give me like 200 megs of memory or something? And they're like, cool, okay, go run your whatever EXE you want. But in the EXE, Docker is just thinking, it's like, no, I'm just gonna spin up a little, little application and I'm going to make it think that you are the hardware I have. And so it's all running on the same OS, but each application sees the OS completely differently, which is crazy and crazy cool. And anything that happens in between there for like translation of, Oh, how am I seeing Ubuntu versus something else? All that gets abstracted up to the application layer that Docker handles, um, the hardware and the lower level thing, it all needs to do is just know that there's a kernel backing it up and that's it. And that's, that's, that's all Docker does. That's why it's like, so lightweight, clean, tiny, and all it needs is an OS just run it.
1: And this is really obvious if you've installed something like docker for mac it's literally just an application yeah and it starts and then you have a little slider you can be like i want this much ram i want this much whatever and uh that's how much the application asks for yeah (laughs) it's super (laughs) super clear um but the fact that docker is even able to do all that translation stuff is bananas yeah
0: yeah and it's like uh And there's obviously like other abstractions in there where like Docker has its own Docker engine that takes care of some of the translation stuff. We don't care. We don't even want to look at that. So, so does VirtualBox. It communicates with the hypervisor in some way to get whatever resources it's allocated. And then it has to spin up a whole OS. What kind of nonsense is that? No one needs it! It's 2022! Use the OS that came with your computer and just spin up your application, be done with it, move on. Right? <laughs> <It's>, yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, what were we thinking?
0: Yeah. So so that's the crazy thing because now you completely avoid licensing. That was the big thing with VirtualBox. Every OS that's spinning up doesn't have any clue of any other OS it's spinning up on. So you spin up a Windows VirtualBox and it's like, hey, um, you got to give me a license key, man, because I'm not registered. And then you have to be like, yeah, oh man, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me, let me do that. Uh, none of that nonsense for Docker, even though Docker that runs Windows machines only runs on Windows and there's like slight weirdness on how it does the whole memory sharing and such. So for, for purposes of this, we'll only be like, okay, Docker runs Linux and VirtualBox can run whatever it wants because it, it has its own complete layers.
1: Um, yeah. To be real, I've never tried running a Mac OS or Windows box via Docker. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Mac isn't even supported at the moment. You can't even like run a Mac container directly. They they have some sort of like online services that uh-huh. lets you emulate. Yeah. And really, what they're doing is they have Kubernetes hooks into actual Mac hardware in a Mac farm. Yeah. Because Apple's like, you can't virtualize us. Yes. No, no, no. This is nonsense. Only we can. Yes. Uh, so, so yeah. So there's, I guess, that kind of trouble. But then again, I've never seen someone spin up a virtual box and be like, here's Mac on it. Right. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't work. You can try it. It won't. Uh, but, yeah. Windows, they're, they're working out the kinks. But if you think about how... All it does is it communicates with the kernel and assigns some memory space. It makes perfect sense that it supports Linux right out of the box and that would be the first thing it would try to support. Um, and, you know, if you're not even deploying your code on like Alpine and Ubuntu images, what are you even doing with your life? Why do you need a whatever, Windows IIS server to run your applications? Get out of here. You don't even need a Docker. You need physical virtual Windows machines running somewhere. And uh, you need to change your government job. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very opinionated episode. I'm liking this episode. Yeah,
1: yeah. So when you when before you leave your government job, make sure you delete every ammo file yes. that you see on your way out the door.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very important uh but yeah but this this brings me to the analogy i'd read upon on the internet. so i didn't come up with this but when i read that analogy it like made everything so clear
1: okay do you Uh, have do you have a source for this so we can credit them or is this just just plagiarized at this point
0: it's plagiarized because it's a brain analogy that's been a while okay um it's i read it someone else did it they were good i could probably hunt down the article um but the way they explained it was Virtualization was like a house. You have everything completely self-contained. You have the land is the only thing you use, which is your whatever hardware. And you have your own plumbing, you have your own heating, whatever. Uh, Docker containers or container virtualization, as some like to say, um, is like an apartment building you have your own big apartment building, but each apartment shares all the resources with others. And uh, But f- from a security perspective, you have your own little door and no one enters your space without your permission, which is yes and no, really no Docker containers are allowed to look into other Docker containers memory space anyways. So you can't like invite guests over, but (laughs) this is a very introverted apartment building where everyone just minds their own fucking business (laughs) and just, just moves on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can expose some ports if you want to, but otherwise Mm -hmm. that's about it.
0: Yeah. But, but yeah, overall on a high level, that's all I wanted to sort of touch or that's all I had in my brain about virtualization, how it works, what the heck is Docker, why it's different, uh, and then anything else is like too lower level or another episode demanding in my head.
1: Sure. So I think something that perhaps wasn't explicitly stated. Mm. We know that Docker is an application, asks for resources. We understand what Hypervisor is. Why is Docker not going to kill Hypervisor?
0: Oh, it's a great... You're just full of great questions, aren't you? Yeah, I'm
1: paying attention. <laughs>
0: um, so the big difference that comes is Docker is still a very much application-based thing. So anytime you want to use Docker, it's because, hey, I have a little OS or a little machine or whatever, and all I really want is to run this little web server and this little worker run this whatever environment. Um, and Docker is great for that because it's... You spin up the application, you run the thing, you back up the hardware and the drives if you want, and you kill it and you move on. Um, The problem that a lot of still big companies face and scaling at large levels are, is you want the whole machine. So a lot of these places, they also do like constant migrations as they're swapping out hard drives. There's all these like big complete isolated units of data and application running. And so at that point, it's not even like about the application. It becomes like a complete isolated hardware environment that they need running. So in those kind of scenarios, VMware and virtualization is great because you can take, you can snapshot an entire running environment, spin it up on a different physical hardware, and then crap that one out or move move it around Um, That was one of the biggest things uh, we needed to like make sure we're happening good at a company I worked at. I guess everyone knows this happened at EA uh, (laughs) because we had so much on-prem hardware that we need to constantly swap and make sure things were good. So let's say you have a virtual machine, it's running on some disk and now you're like, oh, this disk is like six years old now. We need to migrate the data. Uh, but you would want to no know downtime so what you do is you snapshot you run it on a newer hardware you delete you do a whole ab deployment basically on actual machines uh, but from the perspective of those that environment they they haven't changed the thing they don't know so that's where hypervisor and virtualization is still crucially important because we need the whole machine and not just the little application layer that spends up runs the thing and can be just killed and moved around
1: i see well i'm really glad that i'm able to do everything i want with docker yeah
0: yeah, yeah gotta yeah. be honest <laughs>
1: <laughs> with things like uh docker compose being able to spin up a little network uh mm-hmm. just keeping it simple i can everything's ephemeral i can just kill it whenever i want yeah it's so nice
0: killing whatever you want it's tight
1: uh well uh, the <laughs> do Becker dev show does not uh, strictly abide by that statement
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Leaving, leaving and killing orphan processes is tight.
1: There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clean up. <laughs> what, what is it? Uh, Docker prune. Docker prune. Dash dash volumes.
0: Yeah, dash dash all, dash dash force.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bold strategy. Let's see how it works out for him.
0: Do- dash dash force is like my most used parameter and like most cleanup commands always.
1: I. I always feel dirty. Sometimes you, like, I've worked on teams where you open a PR mm. in GitHub. And I know you might not remember GitHub. Oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> where well, you open a PR and then you want to rebase because it's going to create a clinger merge history or commit history. But then mm. you have to force because now you have a PR open and the mm. things are different. But then it keeps your old history on the PR and it just looks horrible and it tells everybody... It's like, hey, he force-pushed this from this commit <laughs> to this commit. And I'm like, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> but if you don't open the PR first before you rebase, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. So it's just this dirty PR holding a bunch of your history secrets that they shouldn't uh, tell anyone about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, just, I, I just wish that GitHub didn't do that. Mm. Didn't rat me out.
0: Yeah. some. It would be cool if there was like a... I don't know if it could be an actual Chrome extension, even where you could just like check box or whatever, and you just like squash merge within the same PR, just rewrite history constantly from the browser, mm. and then no one sees your commits; they're gone. It's all in one commit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the total repo history is just one commit in- mm. initial commit. <laughs> initial commit always.
0: <laughs> yeah, your mainline branch has uh, so much code, all all in one time. Yeah. Always has been. Always has been. It yeah. got updated
1: one hour ago. But it's <laughs> still our initial commit. Yes. Yeah. How, how you? How many years old is this company? <laughs> yeah. it's one hour old. But I think that's. I think that's probably it. You, you, you carried that. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, I had no notes. Other than, in the future, we should talk about virtualization.
0: Oh, cool! We this did. was a
1: suggestion that you made in the past. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, and now that it's the present, it reflects the truth of that mm. past note.
0: Truth in reckoning. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> we're not talking about that.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I think it's now time. I yeah. It's speaking of the past, present, and future. Talk about what's gone well, what I've tried to do better on, and what I haven't. Yeah. And uh, I still haven't done better on the same thing. <laughs> Gee, uh, dang it. <laughs> uh, but it's now officially in my, my do better list. Um, so I'll get to that in a second. So mm. things I did better. Uh, I Based on last week, I did do a little bit more on the um, AWS SysOps course. Um, but not a lot. But again, that was the goal, was just keep chipping away at it. Uh, I played a little bit of guitar. Just a little tiny bit, but I did something. And again, it's not much, but that was the goal. Because I spent all of my time, mm-hmm. as it turns out, yeah, <laughs> writing a ton of infrastructure as code. Mm. And I didn't want to put this in my frustrating things um, because I wanted to talk about it now. Mm. But, dude, just the reminder of... How frustrating abstractions are when you need to get past them like oh abstractions are great I wrote a handful of lines of code and then it's gonna plan to spin up you know a dozen resources oh it's great I didn't have to explicitly state all that but then when the readme is just this is a wrapper for this with a link to the original documentation and no documentation about how you pass in any of those parameters so when you try to modify something that's not in their Hello World example, you go, how do I do it? Mm. I don't know. So I'm reading like Golang unit tests to try to find out how you pass in arguments. I'm just slamming random arguments in to these resources until it stops saying that's not an accepted argument. Mm. And just hoping it has the the effect that I want. Uh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Exhausting. And I don't love it. Yeah. So that was not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I do
0: want to give a little shout out to something because it reminded me of uh, a, a API I was interacting with, I think for one of the EC2 things. Okay. And every time I gave it a wrong parameter about something, it returned a response saying, accepted parameters are these. Mm. And that just made my life so much easier because the docs were super vague. The docs were a combination of For this endpoint, these are all the acceptable. Unless you hit this, then these are not accepted. Or if you hit this, then these are not accepted. But for this, these are accepted. And when there's like a union and distinction at the same time on the same output, I was like, I don't know which one to pass. so I'm just gonna pass one of these. It was also like 6.30 p.m. and I was tired. But (laughs) at the moment I failed with that request, it just responded back with, hey, that's not an acceptable parameter. Pass in one of these. I was like, "Oh my God, thank you for this. <laughs> I really needed this."
1: <laughs> well, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, sorry about your pain, but uh, but yeah, that was a similar thing. That if yeah. done right, people who make APIs do it because it'll make everyone's life easy.
1: Sure. Yeah. It was. It was also particularly frustrating because the source docs mm. are really good. So I'm like, I know exactly what I need to do. There's even an example of exactly what I'm trying to do. Mm but the abstraction layer doesn't tell me how to do those things. So it was very, very frustrating, especially because for context, I've never, this was Pulumi again, which I mentioned in the previous episode, but Pulumi has plugins and these plugins are like initial commit three months ago. And that's pretty much it. And so the bare bones examples, nobody's used them. So there's no discussions about how to implement these things. I have limited experience with Helm. It's all just been stuff that was already written and then I am like modifying it to spin up new environments or something like that. It's not been, you know, orchestrate the Helm installation with infrastructure as code with automated deployments and make sure that everything's spinning up correctly. In particular, the TLS took me like a day just to get it working because turns out the three lines of code that... Columi says how to do uh, doesn't include a cluster issuer, which makes sense. But then how do I do that? Oh, it turns out nobody knows. So I just did it manually after a day Mm. and uh, then it worked. But if we have to spin up a new environment, I have to do it manually again, which defeats the purpose. But uh, anyway, yeah. So I didn't have any idea with that. And the point is, why does it do better? Is because I learned a lot Mm. while doing all those things. So in the future, I'll be doing better with that, mm. and that's one of my big Q two or Q one goals, is to just keep on doing better with this more opsy side of the DevOps stuff. Cause I was living heavily in you know Docker land and doing some CI stuff, but not CD, not uh, mm-hmm. automated deployments and infrastructure as code. So. Isn't fun? It is very frustrating mm-hmm. and very, uh, very stressful mm-hmm. uh, as far as my work normally goes. Um, my work has typically never been stressful. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, yeah, when people want things done in a certain amount of time and you've not touched three of the different tools that you're supposed to use to spin up this environment, it was difficult. But the environment is live. Mm. It's, it's got SSL. Everything's working. So it was nice. Uh, with that rant out of the way, <clears throat> things I'm going to do better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, things I need to do better on. I need to take proper lunch breaks and, don't, and not work too late. Mm-hmm. I got, especially without the gym being open, I was getting in this really bad habit of basically just working from shortly after waking up till like three and then realizing I haven't eaten or really done anything. Uh, so... Being back at the gym has helped a little bit already, but I wasn't so good yesterday. I was better at the end of last week with being more consistent with lunch breaks and things. Uh, so I need to do that. But last week I was really bad about working too late, uh, especially with the sun still setting fairly early. I don't want to be at work till an hour after the sun is set. That's dumb. So try to do better about that. Now, this is the one that's related to the thing I keep putting off every mm. single week where I've got that, uh, you know, I need to buy a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. that I haven't bought. I decided to commit to a specific thing, uh, buying new pants,
0: because
1: uh-huh. I'm literally currently wearing a pair of pants with holes in them, mm. uh, because it's a smaller hole than the other pair of pants I have. Mm-hmm.
0: Holes Wh- that are in fashion.
1: Right. Uh, not ones that are in the crotch, <laughs> which uh, that's, that's, where my, that's where the hole is in my jeans, and mm. I need need some jeans. Uh, so, anyway, gotta buy some new pants. Mm-hmm. I need to register for my employer RSP, which was announced yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I got to do that so that I can. Things don't move incredibly quickly with HR mm-hmm. and my current employer, so I got to get in the door quick, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that by some time in the next twelve months, I'll be registered. <laughs> uh, and that's it. Mm. That's everything on my list. So, sorry for the rant, everybody. <clears throat> what <laughs> that's about you? The show is for though. That's it's yes. That's essentially why we started the show. Yeah. <laughs> it was to talk about YAML for yeah, twenty minutes and then rant about something that was frustrating.
0: Yeah, our loyal seventeen listeners know about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, for for did better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, did
1: better did better club.
0: <laughs> yeah um in the did better club i did uh, i played some games because mm-hmm. that's what i said i was gonna do you know chill out a little bit more mm-hmm. bring bring back video games um read a decent amount uh, not as much as i would have liked but i need to stop working as much as i am to read more <laughs> um and i've successfully kicked off my instagram addiction i don't even remember the last time i opened the app wow uh, my other phone, I just look at it every like two to three days and I'm like, Hey, it's about to die. I should charge it. And that's it. That's, yeah. that's all I've been doing. And I'm like, incredibly proud. And I don't think I've had the self-awareness to know what new addiction I've replaced it with yet. Mm-hmm. But I will, when I find that out, I will kick it off. Mm-hmm. Um but for now, yeah, it's uh, it's just that. I also said I might start running if the gyms don't open again. Thank God the gyms have opened again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did go for a few runs and remembered how much I hated running. Um, so if if there is a, any, you know, God looking over me, I may never have to run again. Uh, yeah. Just walks. Walks are good. Walks yeah. are great. yeah, yeah. 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 Go straight, go incline for walks, just good. Or do a little sprint on a treadmill. That also makes me feel good, but not a whole run.
1: No, but being outside—that's mm-hmm. the key part. Especially now that it's we're out of that cold front or whatever they called it this time. Mm-hmm. That was making things real chilly there for it a week. It was,
0: yeah. yeah. So now I'm happy because now, and now we'll have sun soon. We're we're past the shortest day of the year. So that's right. It's only yeah. gonna get better.
1: Yeah, summer's on its way.
0: Yeah, and then when it is, I'm gonna be on top of mountains. Wow. Slipping off. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> <laughs> um, so then that, that leads to I guess do better, not RIP. Um, I'm actually gonna take a recruitment course or not recruit uh, training on how to re- interview such devs better. Uh, in a few, I think next week. Okay. So I'm stoked for oh. that. Oh, good. Uh, the only sad part is I have to wake up at 6am for it. Oh. Um uh, which is, I mean, I wake up before that anyway. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. you're already awake at that point. Yeah. But I don't want to go sit in front of a screen while it's dark outside. And, yeah. 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 Uh, but that's fine. It, I'll just skip the gym that day, get the course. Cause I had to register two months ago for it to find a, even to get a seat.
1: Oh, it's just a one day.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Um. It's just four hours in the morning and mm. then I'll maybe just take the rest of the day off if I don't feel like it. Um, but, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm going to do it because part of the goal this year was I did want to involve myself more in like, uh, recruitment and hiring and such. Cause I enjoy interviewing. It's just, it's a weird power trip probably, But it's also, I like hearing people's stories and uh, hearing how much people actually know and if they're bullshitting me about something. Mm. So very, very good. Very fun. Uh, Looking forward to it. Right. Uh, Because once I can finish the course, they will officially let me shadow for interviews.
1: Um, And you can be the mean guy.
0: As a shadow, I'm not allowed to say anything anyway, so I will be the mean guy.
1: Well, no. (laughs) Once you get through the shadowing, because I'm assuming... Uh that you won't fail to sit there quietly and say nothing hopefully not if hopefully. there if you fail that part you really didn't pay attention in the course
0: <laughs> maybe who knows yeah. uh but yeah i will just uh yeah once i start taking the interviews i don't know i always find i'm like a cool guy to get interviewed by
1: i always try to feel or at least my, my approach is mm-hmm. usually trying to find out what they know not mm-hmm. what they don't know and so usually that works but Sometimes it doesn't if they just don't know anything.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Just keep asking probing questions until they're like, hey, I know about this. And they're like... Uh, but I'm looking forward to this because Amazon has a slight different style where they're like, you're assigned certain competencies and mm-hmm. you have a bank of questions that you can probe on sort
1: of thing. Right. I can't wait for you to ask them all recursive questions. Uh, it's going <laughs> to be all trees. <laughs>
0: all of them, yeah. The moment... And then I'll hire the first person who's like, this feels like a waste of my time. Do you think you really like assessing me with this? And I'll be like, you're, you're in. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> when I was your age, yeah.
1: I answered your question similarly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So that, was, that would be a thing I look forward to. Cool. Yeah. Nothing else I particularly want to do better on.
1: Wow, you've peaked.
0: I just, I just have maybe like I think it's more like a plateaued. And <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I'm cool for that for a little while.
1: Yeah. Well, you have plateaued, and I still can't buy pants. So <laughs> tune in next time to find out if we succeed.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is try to do better club now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is that we used to do better. No, we just live.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, dude, it's been two years of a global pandemic give us a break yeah. we did a lot better in two years we did lots of accomplishments and now we just wait till the country opens up so we can travel or, and or just climb mountains just mm-hmm. wait for it to get over 15 degrees and then I can go to places
1: nice alright, that's that
0: yeah, thanks for listening everyone Yeah. Bye-ya. Bye. bye